Welcome to the first ever edition of Brain Disco with the Dinner Story Club Edition, the podcast of real dinner parties with real life stories. Your hosts today are Alexis Beckett and Tony Heyer. So have you ever thought about your own funeral, Alexis? No. No. I have not. Well, I thought about it a lot <laughs> because um, I love, I've always loved the topic funeral and the topic death mm -hmm. altogether because I've been to so, so many funerals due to the nature of my dad's profession. Mm -hmm. So my dad is a pastor and as a child, I always held a big cross in front of the coffin and then we walked to the spot where they actually let the coffin down. So um, that was a German tradition and um, that was quite cool for us kids because we would get paid a few bucks, you know, to hold the cross in front of the coffin. So we, well, we, me and my siblings really grew up with going to funerals. That sounds like a lot of fun, Tony. Well, it made me really fascinated <laughs> with the topic death. So that's actually that at some point a long time ago, I had this idea, let's host a dinner party mm -hmm. where it's all about the topic death. But let's actually still all be alive and we're all attending our very own funerals. So you actually did it, right? We did it. Well, I was there. You so. were there. <laughs> well, the idea was uh, welcome to putting the fun into funeral. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so we can also call it the funeral. This is the funeral podcast today. I don't know if everyone will get that. When you read it, you get it. But like the funeral? The funeral? The, the funeral? 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 I think. So welcome yeah. to putting the fun into... Funeral. Funeral. Okay, well, there you have it. <laughs> Welcome to tonight's dinner party. We are seven people and we're all wearing black. And oh. you actually were part of our playlist. You made, you put together our playlist. I did put it, put together, I think a lot of people contributed, but I put together quite a few songs and it was quite fun. It was like, ironically quite fun to find the most morbid and dark songs. But there were some happy ones as well. Absolutely. So what was on there? I think there was Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Um, and most hilariously, You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson. Good old Mike. <laughs> he probably in his latter days found that he was alone. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a, a good, sad person. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a cool evening. It's, to be honest, it's now a few weeks back. But um, we still talk about it a lot. So there was a cross in the middle of the table. Yeah, yeah. The um, food was black. Uh, the bat wings. We had bat wings. We had um, charcoal biscuits. Can you smell the food over the podcast? Because I can. So I do smell chicken wings, bat wings. I do smell sushi. There was sushi. Sushi, okay, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a lot of chocolate. There was biltong. Tony's famous French vinaigrette. Mm -hmm. Of course, very dark as well. And we didn't switch on the lights, so it looked pretty oh, black. True. Exactly. Um, there was cheese with peppercorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, some things that are just part of it, which is beer, wine, um, some gin and was tonics. Was there, there was for sure some stout. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, all of this was just a nice setup. Oh, and we were all really wearing black. Mm. Actually, um, I will put up somewhere a picture where you can see us because we all had pretty good black outfits, especially Joe, but we'll mention her later. <laughs> but we had a lot of fume at the funeral party. Oh, yes, we did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> very funny. And, but I mean, these were all just things that was food and the looks, but we were actually just there for the stories, for our eulogies. So um, for our funeral speeches. Mm. 
So um, let me just quickly get into the rules because um, every story evening that we organize comes with rules. So we invited the guests via emails with the rules. Everyone will say their own eulogy. Everyone will get around seven minutes. It's a long time. Notes on general, not allowed in evenings like this, but actually this time they were allowed because you know you have to think about your life. And interrupting is not allowed. Very important Sorry for couples. Interrupt. Very important for couples. <laughs> interrupting is not allowed. Very, very important rules for husbands and wives or partners. Okay, so let's just be clear on what a eulogy is. Hmm. So it's a speech or piece of writing that praises somebody or uh, something highly, especially a tribute to someone who's just died. It's an opportunity to acknowledge the importance of a life lived and to remind survivors of the memories and legacies left behind. So I think let's dive right in. And I must just warn you, and um, this is an unbeat podcast, <laughs> as we all like to keep it real. There is a tiny bit of swearing, but I think only a tiny, tiny bit. So, um, yeah, let's get started. So, just imagine our setup. We just finished eating. Yeah. So, this is Tony starting with her eulogy. We're gathered here tonight to think about Tony's wonderful life. She always knew who she was. You can laugh out loud, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not interrupt. It's all about the choices you make, she used to say. Being known in her teenager years as a Glückskind, a lucky child, she know though it's not luck but about the right choices, effort and showing up to make life good, better and the best. From an early age on, she wrote down her dreams and goals and before she turned 30, most of them became reality. If she could be part of today's celebration, she would want it to be a life celebration. A party and nothing else. Let's look back at her truly fulfilled and rich life. Let's look back on her many decades of being alive. Antonia Heil was born on the 27th of February 1986 in Halle, Germany. She was born as the second daughter of Jens and Christiane Heil. She had three sisters, Unikitza and Susanna, and one brother, Franz Lukas. Being brought up to quickly be independent, Tony loved her parents and siblings, grandparents and so on, and had a good connection with them all. Family meant a lot to her, but physical distance to them didn't mean distance. Growing up in the countryside, close to the forest and the river Saale, she learned to appreciate nature from an early age on. She spent hours and hours in summers and winters outdoors, playing with cats, dogs, sheep, goats, and of course her siblings and friends. Tony enjoyed regular dance sessions with her sisters to loud music in her parents' kitchen. She was known to be fun and someone you could always have a good time with. Oh, and she had good times. The main thing Tony's parents taught her was anything is possible if you really want it. Plus, comparison is the thief of joy. One of her biggest dreams was to go overseas when she was 16, so she ended up in South Africa for a year. And who, who would have thought back then what this seed started for the rest of her life? In 2008, Tony met the love of her life, Desmond Lowe, in Cape Town, after a few months of working in rural and local radio stations in South Africa. Who would have known that this is the only man she would have ever have a long-term relationship with and be married to her whole life? Tony wrote a diary almost every day from an early age on until she met Desmond, who became her diary. <laughs> <laughs> In 
In 2009, Tony moved to Cape Town. In 2010, Tony and Desmond got married and they didn't, did indeed live happily ever after, with their main fights being connected to the household. Lucky them. Language was hers. She loved a good argument. And yes, Tony was a clean freak, but she knew what a tidy house and brain left all the space for the real important things in life. She loved being an entrepreneur and risking things. She was a doer, she started little side hustles, some got bigger than others. It was all about having a good time. From journalism to photography to making fashion to owning a restaurant, she did it all and failed and succeeded. But also succeeded and failed. Tony loved her husband Desmond, he was everything to her. He had endless nicknames, plus they had their own little secret language. They shared life and business together, traveling around the world as photographers, adventurers, living their art, but mainly having a good time. May divorce never be an option, they said from beginning on, and it really was not. Their life hacks to happiness were living in Cape Town, their favorite city, their dogs, Italian Greyhound Piccolo, her second big love, later on Whippets, Leafy and Micey, and their last dog, Greyhound Fox. <laughs> Having a positive vision for a life, Tony was always passionate and enthusiastic every day. There was nothing that could freak her out beyond normal measures. She loved doing business, she had endless ideas and made, the, made them happen. She was a workaholic. Indeed, she loved her work so much it was unnecessary for her to have hobbies. She didn't understand the concept of hobbies, even though later on in life she got into sewing and started another side hustle as usual. She loved being social, she really loved to live. At the same time she loved talking about death and was always ready for it as there was nothing that I regret, she said. When talking about having a good time, Tony would make it connected to having a real deep conversation. She found out early that having strong social bonds is probably the most meaningful contributor to happiness. She loved bringing people together for dinner parties and adventures. She made a point of surrounding herself with good people. She took the time to reflect on her life so regularly that as soon as she saw something was not right, she made changes. Because she loved the saying, if you live love life once right, once is enough. She did what she wanted. Her saying in her early days was, there are no rules. She would never think of yesterday or tomorrow, but about right now. Tony believed in good things in her life. Life is beautiful. Tony's life was simply beautiful. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Okay, now we have to be honest here. <laughs> Mine was the longest eulogy because um, was my idea and I put a lot of thought in it for a long time. It was so, very intimidating for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, and I've probably been the person that's been to the most funerals. I've been literally exactly. to hundreds of funerals in my life. So I had to shorten my eulogy. Knew a lot about funerals and it showed. Yeah, but um, um, what was my favorite part of my eulogy was actually when I was finished, at the end you said, how awesome is it that you can cry at your own funeral? Because I did cry at my at the very end. So Talk about an ego. Yeah, but that was pretty cool. I think it was also there were good people around the table. So, you know, it was, right. it was emotional. There was a bit of wine. So back to the eulogies. So you actually went like, I actually went right after you. Mm. And yours and was very short. Yeah, as I said, intimidating to follow that. So, like, I must say, like, if I did, if I could do it all over again, I might try something a bit different. But here goes. These moments are very awkward, and um, for that reason, Alexis never liked speaking about himself. So, in this case, he chose to let somebody else, someone more auspicious, deliver his obituary. He's also a fan of brevity, so the two combine in this short statement.
let me just say one thing this was a 15 second long eulogy and of course it was interrupted by my dog piccolo excuse her barking in the background okay so did you get it in case it all went too fast it was porky pig saying that's all folks <laughs> or how did you must say it that's all folks exactly that was it i don't know if you remember porky pig i thought it was funny at the time he's from yeah like, uh yeah i think everyone does but i thought he was I, I thought actually it wasn't that funny but he was a very and it's famous even less funny now is it yeah no my eulogy <laughs> oh you but eulogy. porky well, pig is hilarious no he's a he's a classic warner bros so he used to end off the warner brothers cartoons yeah so but now alexis one question how did you come up with that one like were there other options it was it was um simply trying to avoid having to commit to something <laughs> well they were pretty pretty creative trying to expedite the thing and yeah but i mean yeah well you'll hear a lot more a lot better stories than that but we have to be honest people loved it there was there was cheering there you know it was People loved it. I think people will get a bit more excited than actually after my eulogy. But we're not here to judge which one was the best. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so next to all the cheersing in between anyways of our eulogies, you know, mm -hmm. it was, was actually pretty epic because, you know, we were celebrating life while we're talking about our mm -hmm. lost lives. So yeah, because, I mean, you can't yeah. do it afterwards, so why not do it now? Exactly. No, I think should we, we do, do another one of these at some point? We should. Okay, so <laughs> I should. think, yeah, like, there's, there are going to be plenty of other themes, but maybe this is worth revisiting at some point. I agree because we might even the idea was also you can add things to eulogy that haven't happened yet. True. So like I mentioned dogs that I haven't had yet. My mm -hmm. see Leafy and Fox. <laughs> and so I'm planning to have more dogs in the future. So you know in the future I might even plan more things for my future. Right. So we should definitely maybe it almost should become a yearly thing. I see Piccolo doesn't approve. Picky, Picky is definitely involved here. But um, yeah maybe it should become an annual thing just to really think keep on reflecting on your own life. I think that's a pretty good exercise. But anyways let's listen to the next eulogy and I know that next up was Jo. She also did not like to talk about herself that much. Hers was also pretty short so let's listen to that so so when Tony told us months ago we had to do a eulogy I kind of just like ignored that thinking this party will never happen and and I, it freaks me out because I don't like to talk about myself so I and then just and you kind of pop stole my thunder just now because I, I felt I couldn't give my own eulogy but I would perhaps get Eric Idol to give my eulogy and I think what this song is just amazing and you started playing it earlier so this is my eulogy. <laughs> Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Aye. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life What a great song! Fantastic song, man. <laughs> I must say, I've always loved that song that Joe chose. <laughs> and of course, it was also on the funeral playlist for that she night. Was in, in my kind of boat of, of, you know, kind of approaching this thing in a, in a kind of like simple, like, of, uh, you know, trying to 
diversion tactics, I guess. Did you talk but about it before? She told me at the last minute because she was trying to procrastinate it as much as I was. I think we both had a few different <laughs> options. But, but now, Jill is your wife, yeah? Yeah. just to mention for our listeners. Yeah. So what would you have said at her funeral? You see, I don't like to think about that. <laughs> but, That's not... <laughs> but would you, would you be someone that would make, like, put effort into, a, let's say, a eulogy to really rethink her whole life or the life you guys share together? Or would you just play a song? <laughs> I'd probably play a song. I don't know. I don't oh. have to think about it. I yeah, think yeah. that I have to do your eulogy. <laughs> I might just get you to write it. <laughs> okay, good. No problem. All right. But um, so that, that was actually it, though. After you and Joe, no more songs as Then eulogies. we got some real ones afterwards. Some people who actually took this a bit more seriously. <laughs> exactly. Like, for example, Dave. Now he did not actually stick to the rules either. Yeah, but he did. He did so. Well, he broke the rules in a little bit more interesting way than than I think I did. But it was fun. It was really. It was fun. a lot of fun. So Dave actually um, asked a couple of friends to send him audio messages via WhatsApp with their eulogies for him. So let's just listen to that. Guys, are you ready for this? So um. The timer. Yeah, put the timer on. The interesting thing about a eulogy is that you're not there to present it, so I'm not going to present my eulogy. You also have no influence because you're dead. The car accident, the mountain bike accident, fucking dude, you snuffed it. So what I did today, which is an indication of my personality, is I phoned seven people and I said, dude, send me a voice clip on WhatsApp, one minute long. I've got seven minutes. I've got seven voice clips to play. <laughs> so, and I'm going to do them in, in the order that they came in. Okay. And some of them are really funny and some of them are, are not so funny. And some of them are really short. This is number one. So now Dave is dead. How did he die? D dude. He died. I'm standing in Hong Kong. And I just got the news that Dave Cotton has died and I'm so sad about him dying and I think about the things that I'll miss of him, the one is like him farting inappropriately that I'll definitely miss, especially while I cycle in front of him and he leaves like a big bomb. And that smell, I'll never smell it again. And then his inappropriate remarks about race, about sex, about all that kind of stuff that I really miss. And his inappropriate comments on Facebook, I'll miss really a lot. But what I'll miss the most is his laughter. I'll never hear that again. So David, you were taken from us suddenly. I met you on the 1st of October 2007 and we lost you on the 9th of February 2018. Well, your legacy lives on in many forms. You introduced me, Chief Jin, with a sense of fashion. You're a worldly mountain biker and a very well-known public speaker and influencer. 
an iconic designer which will be missed by the general um, hotel industry with specific regard to the Arniston and the whole communities. Um, I can only say thank you for everything that you showed me and if ever Lana needs me, um, I'm at 18 Yeovil Road. Thank you to all who knew and loved Dave. Goodbye. So now a quick note in between. Dave's girlfriend Lana was mm -hmm. mentioned. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Ant is looking like, well, it seems like Ant is willing to look after her once Dave has passed. Well, they didn't seem very surprised about the notion. So I think it's probably an ongoing thing. <laughs> no, they didn't, which is quite yeah. interesting, right? But um, okay, here are another couple of um, audio bites for Dave's eulogy. So, and here's Dave's, Dave's friend, Moshe. Dave's very popular. Oh, he is, yeah. But he probably just called the right friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Dave about 10 years ago. And there's two defining moments that I will never forget and I'll take with me. The first is we were a newly formed cycle team from all walks of life. The guys got together and one given morning at about 5.30, Dave was sitting humbly at his bicycle on a brick wall and he introduced himself, hi, I'm Dave. Um, and I am a team player and if there's any alpha males in this group then I don't want to be part of it uh, and he went on to explain that he's a team player and that he's got no time for alpha male because that's just arrogant and it's not going to serve the team very well and that's how Dave conducts his life as a team player. The second is after a ride we were sitting at the Cafe Neo in Mooley Point and him and I were chatting about life and he turned around and said that the one word that defines people is respect and we all need respect and he is so damn true so I'm gonna love I missed you Dave and uh, I will take this with me for as long as I live and pass it on to as many as I know love you brother hey hey is this fucking thing taping <clears throat> I first met David in France a long time ago. At first, I couldn't make out if he was a boy or a girl. Hmm. It was his short flower print dress, which was lovely. But what threw me was when you can see through the dress in the sunlight were these huge Olympic speed cyclist thighs. And it turns out over the years that I knew him, it's never been a concern to me who my friend chooses to be. Sometimes I met David and sometimes I met Samantha. During the years out in the piss together, we have been thrown out of some of the worst hovels in society. He liked hovels. It fitted in with his obsession for working man's dirt and rancid urinal smells. Oh, how we laughed most of the time. I didn't laugh after the beating up by the motorbike gang or the farmer who shot at us after Samantha decided to go animal farm with his prize bull. Boy, did that bull have some size cock. Anyway, I shall miss David the sexist, racist cunt and Samantha with the sexy, racy cunt. Goodbye, my friends. <laughs>
<laughs> Jesus. That's Charlie. I love it, And this is a very short one from Daryl. Dave, you're still a pain in the ass, even though you're dead. Simply put, Dave is the guy that made me do this. We planned it out years ago when I first met him, sitting under a tree on the mountain bike. He taught me how to ride, taught me how to dream, taught me how to fly on the bike. Such a legend and not like a dick like no one else would have mentioned tonight. James, my boy, Big Daddy D. Always be remembered for the Big Daddy D. Blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> I was waiting for hashtag. That was good. And the last one is Paul von der Spey. This one's only 34 seconds. David Cotton, you are to die for, matey. All that I can say to you while you're up there is Alles van die Vespa, mate. R.I.P. In other words, rest in pieces. I love you, my mate. Cheers. Woo! <laughs> okay, so that was Dave's funeral, just like he wanted it. <laughs> A bunch of friends saying some good things and truths about him. So apparently what Dave wanted to do was to actually be in an actual casket and have people talking about him while he sat there and just lay about it. So he kind of got his own way. But bending the rules a little bit. And he was just not cool. lying down, but sitting. He was not lying down. I promise he was sitting there. There will be a photograph. And yeah, so he got his way. So he's got a lot of friends. They're very sad. Very, it was. Or going to be very sad. They were, in, in very short time, because Dad's quite old. He is in. <laughs> I'm actually not sure, but he, he, no, he's in his late 50s, I think. He still has a 30 years to go. <laughs> Hope you just listen yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm just saying the coffee machine is on and at any time it can order. Oh, that is too cool, bro. Desmond, his preparation for the night, food and drink wise, was coffee. So we're having a little coffee break in between. Coffee is ordered. And next up is Lana, Dave's girlfriend. And she is saying her eulogy, acting as her best friend, actually. So I guess this one coming up is probably um, one of the favorite eulogies of the night. Lana's the only, one of the only people that really said her own eulogy and all without notes. That was pretty impressive and I must say she was a real good public She's speaker. a very good public speaker. Even though everyone always says up front, sorry but I'm not a good public speaker, but she was really. So let's listen to her. Wow, thank you guys. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, I'm not a good public speaker, nor was Lana, so <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> but let's, let's raise a glass. <laughs> she loved her wine. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> thank you guys, and thank you for the intro song. She would have enjoyed that too. <laughs> Just going to have a little glass, yeah. <laughs> what was that then? No, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, just give me a moment, Dish. I'm, I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> Six minutes thirty. So I'm one of Lana's oldest friends, for those of you who don't know me, we went to school together. And yeah, she was such a lovely girl, you know. She was, out of our group of friends, she was always the goody two-shoes. <laughs> you know, we were quite naughty at school, but she, we, we were good friends. There were four of us and we got up to all sorts of shit and she was, she hung in there with us, but she was always the one who kind of kept us on the line, but you know, 
doubled here and there. She was, um, she had two sisters, so yeah, very quiet and conservative, but her family was very creative. And she, you know, there's not much to say about her, but, <laughs> but everyone loved her. She was so sweet, you know, and then after school, she kind of came into herself. She found herself. She started a blog. She started photography. She really enjoyed that. And, and, and people loved hearing about her stories and what she got up to. And then she met her partner, Dave, and their two cats came along and had this wonderful life together in town. I sort of lost touch with her then because I was in Berlin and traveling and, you know, but we still maintained a good friendship. Um, and when we got together, it was wonderful. Um, and then there was a sad accident and her partner had this terrible motorbike accident and she fell apart. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she couldn't keep it together. She lost the house and, you know, she moved down to the forest down the road. And she, but, you know, she always, she'd always had a great sense of style and an eye for design. <laughs> She, she built a little shack there and she it was wonderful she, she you know she put these magazine pictures up on the wall and it it looked fabulous you went in there and you know it it, it was cozy and she would always <laughs> offer you <laughs> she would offer you a drink it wasn't chardonnay anymore it was maybe a bit of box wine just a little bit but you know <laughs> <laughs> she just you would go there and you'd be like wow you've done a lot for this place <laughs> and she's, she, all the cats in the neighborhood came to her she would feed them she was so generous you know she had nothing but she was <laughs> she was so generous and you know in the last few years before she passed <laughs> I was there and I spent a lot of time with her <laughs> and we became close again and it was really wonderful. We reminisced about our early years <laughs> and then, you know, one day I visited because we would visit every Thursday. And I got there and the cats were meowing and meowing and like, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> there was no food, they were starving. And I walked in there and she was in her. <laughs> she was in her Sunday best. With her best clothes on, just in her chair, her favourite chair. I saw she was ready to go home. And that's it. That was the end of her life with her cats, happy in her little creative space. And we all really miss her. And. She gave us a lot to, to be thankful for, and yeah, cheers. Because <laughs> 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 I love all the cheering at the end of this eulogy. Um, and there was a pigeon cheering in the background as well. <laughs> yeah, because we're actually sitting here, not in the dark. Time traveling. <laughs> we are sitting in an office that's um, opening up to the garden with pigeons in the garden some dog barking, we see some lemons, um, yeah, it's a nice day here in Cape Town. <laughs> so next up is Adrian, the butcher slash photographer. Yeah. And um, he seems to be a very lonely man. 
despite having such unique skills. Yeah, and he, he, Adrian really has a beautiful voice. I think he should actually do radio. I think he should host the show. Yeah, but he is pretty sad, so let's listen to the sad man. <laughs> Dear family and friends, thank you very much for taking time today to be here, to celebrate the life of a man that you all knew very well. Um, almost said father. No. <laughs> A son, a brother, a hopeful father of 2.4 children, but like he told me, he'll be happy to settle for 1.3. Um, okay. Little did we know that he might, he never met the lady that wanted his children, so no children for him. Um, Adrian was a very generous person with his time, but also. Um, not shy to tell you that he drank beer and he knew shit. Mostly the shit learnt in a bar where he was drinking um, and retelling many stories. Um, yeah, the way he went was quite sad. Um, nobody really saw it coming, um, although most of his friends knew that's the way he's going to go, going too hard for too long. Too fast. <laughs> so that one or two extra beers that he should have said no to but he was always inquisitive to know more and to learn more so when there's beer there's something to learn um, which is wise words to live by actually to um, always pursue happiness through beer because um, if you can't find happiness in anything else what is there to live for <laughs> Um, so, I actually need a beer for this. You want a beer? I'm bringing a beer. <laughs> now that I'm, I'm going down, you know, so might as well. Um, because a toast without a beer is just no toast at all. Even if it's Castle Light, it's, um, it should be fine. Oh, oh even worse than Castle Light. <laughs> and this is probably the way I'm going to die, with the castle. Cheers. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. I just have to add to this that I really hope that Adrian will find the perfect wife. I think he will, Tony. To have his one point three children. I think. I think if we get more hits on this pod podcast. I think someone might just fall for, in love with Adrian. his voice. We'll leave Adrian's details. His, uh, his, yeah, his, um, his phone number, so you can WhatsApp him after this. <laughs> well, just and send an email to braindiscopodcast at gmail .com and let's see what we can do if we can connect. We'll put you in touch. Okay? Perfect. Very okay. handsome man, strapping young lad. Pass it on to him. Sweet. Well, next up is my husband Desmond, and he is doing his eulogy, pretending that he is. A mountain bike friend and I have to add there that Desmond is actually on the mountain cycling every single morning so mountain biking really means the world to him okay I remember you once talked about being on the mountain so early well we're still smelling farts under the blanket I don't think that's true I don't fart <laughs> me neither I don't know what that is I don't know what Desmond Desmond how does Desmond know because he's not there no, he the is mountain. on the mountain smelling fresh air fresh um, mountain air <laughs> well also Desmond really surprised me because Desmond is in general not someone that takes over the 
conversation like I like to do. But his eulogy was also pretty good. His he, eulogy was great. He had some like um like some inside jokes. So if you're from Cape Town, I think you appreciate especially his one a lot. Let's listen to him. Who would have known? I mountain biked with him last week. Now he's gone. Desmond Lowe. Born in Bloemfontein. 1979, August the 25th. Grew up there. Sorry guys, I'm, I'm not good in public speaking. And a lot of you guys here, the whole church is full. I'm very nervous. Anyway, back to the story. He was a quiet young chap. <laughs> and he was fairly average in school, but he was amazing in skateboarding. He skated every day, it's all he thought about. He was full of scars. Skateboarding was his life. And other than that, Bloemfontein didn't really give him much. <laughs> so I know that I was there. In 2005. Respect. Bloody wife. <laughs> <laughs> In 2005, he moved to Cape Town, everything changed. He became vibrant, his ADD became even worse, which was a good thing. His photography went sky high. He quit his job. He met the love of his life. He married her. There was such a good match. Have you seen anything like this? <laughs> <laughs> On the 8th of February 2018, they had this party where they all, um, him and his friends had, had to say ethologies <laughs> out loud. I was there that night and the funny thing is, everything came true, he said. <laughs> it's just, oh, I'll never forget that. So after that, they built a house in the mountains. They lived there with their dogs. Um, he was voted as best photographer of the century by, by, um, by, by Time magazine. <laughs> The Mokka in Cape Town which was changed to the desert. <laughs> but he still stayed very humble. He was, he was, when he spoke to him, he was such a nice guy. Grounded. <laughs> he was very grounded. Just a normal guy, so nice. <laughs> and with his wife, they traveled a great deal, many countries, they saw the whole world. And they always said Cape Town is the best. His love for, this, his love for the city was enormous. 
And when I go to that big tree, I think of him. Oh, I will think of him. He left behind Tony, which is a very strong woman, and she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Justice keep going I hope she continues a traveling lifestyle, although he crashed in a plane. <laughs> yes, you're a great man. So Desmond said the mocha, which is the um, basically the like the of contemporary art, African Africa, art, African art. Yeah. So it's basically like the Museum of Modern Art, like in New York or wherever in Cape Town. In Cape Town. And he said it's gonna be. It's gonna. It was renamed into the Desab. Des standing for him, Desmond. Named after him because he was such a. He became such a famous artist. So I, I can believe that. I can. I can see that. Now I also have the best photographer in the world. I think. Like I think uh, was it Time magazine who said that. I think so. Yeah. Going to say that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, to be honest, I don't know if you've been in the Mocha lately, but I was there a couple of weeks ago, and there are a lot of photographers featured. So. They do love photography. Okay, so there's, there's definitely some space for this there story to There is some space for his okay. collection, for but sure. But it will take a long time to get there, I think, which bodes well for Desmond as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said in his eulogy, she will be fine. <laughs> He's talking about me. I mean, this is a funny thought, yeah? You don't really want to think about losing your partner, husband, wife, whatever. But... Um, I think still this is a good thing to think about because I'm, I do think about death a lot as we know mm -hmm. and I mean we should always not forget that we are first of all independent human beings before we are dependent on each other because I know that once you're in a relationship or married that you know you do a lot of things together as a couple mm. now Desmond and I even work together we spend a lot of time together I think more than anyone else but still it is good to realize you're first your very own person before you're actually a couple so so um, in amongst all the jokes, there's some truth that comes out. There is out. definitely some truth. Even though Desmond and I joke when you talk about dying, that we hope that one day we will die together at the same time. <laughs> yeah. when, 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 when he said she will be fine, I was thinking of Piccolo, actually. but <laughs> Yeah, well, he didn't say at what age he died. So I don't know if Piki was still alive then already. Ah, but like there's technology. We're getting into this interesting space in the world now. Yeah. Like See, I thought he was talking about me, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I will. I'm sure friends will also make sure that I will be fine. But this was just the eulogy, the funeral. Okay, <laughs> let's just get back to the funeral. Okay, so I'll get back to the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave had another brilliant idea, because we all love walking through a cemetery. And you know, you read the names and life dates and you wonder what type of woman or man was this. So imagine this. It's tombstones, although you're cremated and shit, but it has USB inputs as well as a touchscreen. Interesting. Yeah, dude, it's such a fucking powerful idea. I've never seen it. And then, no, yes. so, like, for example, I do my voice clips and I, I make these short films and I have like my four favorite short films. So you can have screenings. So you can literally, someone can come up to your place of remembrance and go, who the fuck was Dave Cotton? Because Dave clearly liked his own idea but said it we. <laughs> um, it's kind of the same as having a photograph. Like we were in, like, in Paris the other day. In Paris? In Paris. Oh, in, really? It, well, actually it was a quite a while ago, but we went to the Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And in the pet cemetery, they had, and it was over 100 years old, this old pet cemetery. 
and um, they had these photographs. So much like like old cemeteries have sculptures and statues of people because that's what they did before angels or whatever but sometimes even busts and sculptures of people's faces the pet cemetery had like little little frames and photographs of owners and their pets when they were alive and whatnot but like that idea is actually pretty kind of yeah it's a contemporary version of that surely it's like we've got technology why don't we have technical or technological gravestones like yeah, I remember kind of cool. when you travel, like as you said, you were in Paris, or if you go because um, big European cities often have very beautiful graveyards. So you go there and you see Francois Dangereux, and you think, who the fuck was he? Even yeah. though it just sounds like such a cool name, or his birth dates mm. and death date yeah. is interesting, something like that. And then you wonder who was it? And you imagine, like Joe actually suggested. Put a QR code on the tombstone, then you just scan it with your phone and it leads you to his it's wiki page wiki or whatever. <laughs> because it's it's the ordinary people are usually such interesting things. And I mean, it can just have where he grew up, what he was a chef, what you know, whatever. Mm. It could mm. be quite cool. So a visual or uh, interactive eulogy, essentially. Yeah. So what Dave suggested was obviously, you know, you have a USB slot and then um, you can plug in and then you get his little um, films and photographs, whatever and he's done Joe's in his life. thing is that you scan it that's and a lot more um, user-friendly, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so I think that's a cool idea. So you also have something for the afterworld so that if, stays behind you. So if any undertakers are listening, um, that idea is um, being copyrighted at the moment. Um, in fact, despite the fact that it was Dave's idea Tony and I have already gone to um, register the idea and any proceeds from that idea go to us we might give uh, Dave a little stipend afterwards but um, if we feel like it if we feel like it he must email us at braindiscopodcast at gmail.com patented (laughs) done signed sealed Um, great idea thanks Dave that's about it for today for today's first uh, first uh, f- f- a funeral podcast yeah. for the for the panel funeral podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I must say it was fun indeed. It was really a lot of fun. It was a cool thing to think about about your life, your funeral. I just want to mention one funeral that I've been to in my life that really made a difference. And I think I was around thirteen, and it was the funeral of a. Um, a father of a friend of mine so he died in a um, car accident and I think he was only in his late 40s so it was quite tough on the family and they lived um, all around the world and a lot of people attended that funeral and in um, it's German tradition that after the funeral people who would like to stay behind go to a um, restaurant and have coffee and cake and um, rolls with cheese and cold meat on it and we had that as well and then someone um, had a microphone because there were let's say 150 people that stayed behind mm-hmm. and um, someone took the mic and said let's just use this time while we have coffee and cake to just um, tell stories about him mm-hmm. and um, there were people that knew him from teenager times that told a story about him which was really cool because we just knew him as a grown man yeah and um there was someone else who had his guitar and sang a song for him that he felt a connection through that song with mm-hmm. him and it was i mean it was a super emotional afternoon so people told stories memories and i thought that kind of storytelling after the memorial service was so special so and after that funeral and as i said i was i think 13 i thought this is the type of funeral I want. 
I want like stories to be told up and about me and that were in connection. I think that makes it really special. Totally. That just having that sad thing and obviously, you know, have a have like with sharing this with community and I think it meant a lot to the family as well in that tough moment. So um yeah. But so what better um, way to practice for it than, than I know. This? So I encourage you guys, you listeners, um, to you can also do this at home with your friends and host a dinner story night with a host a funnel roll. It can be a lot of fun. And if you if you do that and yeah, just let us know how it went. So email us at braindiscopodcast at gmail.com. If you want to listen to our funeral playlist, um, you can check it out in the notes on this podcast. Uh, there's a link to the Apple Music uh, playlist. So check it out. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the post- podcast. And yeah, please share it with your podcast loving friends and rate it on iTunes and so on so others can find it. Awesome. That Thanks so great. much, Alexis. Yeah, that was, was nice a lot re- of fun. Revisiting this, it was really, really cool. So what's the next one, Tony? I think we are planning a trip to Namibia mm-hmm. with, um, well, we're only going to camp. So I think we will sit around a campfire most likely every single night. So I think there will be some stories coming up. Okay, I think, uh, yeah, well, that's going to be cool. And we will record it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to bring lots of batteries. Um, tunes. Tunes. Camping tunes. I hope gonna so, be yeah. Nice camping playlist, road, road trip music. Let's hope we find some good meat to put on the fire. Yes, Namibia is known for their meat. Yeah. And I think it will be... It will be adventurous time, and I think when you're around a fire, that's always a very good time for storytelling. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll hope to hear you soon. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers. But more, much more than that, or did it more? Why? <laughs>